The sponsor for the month is Founders Ministries. Founders Ministries exists for the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of churches. They've provided resources for churches since 1982 through conferences, books, the Sword in the Trial podcast, video documentaries, online articles found at founders.org, the quarterly Founders Journal, Bible studies, international church search, and the newly launched seminary level training program, the Institute of Public Theology. Founders believes that the biblical faith is inherently doctrinal, and they are therefore confessional in their convictions. You can learn more about Founders Ministries and how to partner with them at founders.org. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Creek Podcast. I'm excited to have a friend and a brother here talking to me today. Actually, it's pretty neat. I get to do ministry with his dad. His dad is an elder of mine at our church. But uh, today I'm talking to the son. I'm talking to Ian Tagdaris. How's it going, man? Pretty good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Hey, man. Thanks for being on the show. Why don't we go ahead and pray, and then we're going to talk collegiate ministry, life. Uh, I might even ask you a little bit about the plumbing issues you just had to deal with when you have babies. <laughs> okay. Yeah, when you have babies and kids, rice ends up getting clogged in your pipes yep. in your house sometimes, apparently. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> All right. Well, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your grace that's upon us. I thank you that uh, the blood of Jesus that unites Ian and I as brothers. Thank you for his family and all that you're doing there and SEMO and through campus outreach and uh, excited to see him continue to grow and develop. And as he's getting seminary training, God, I, I pray that just blessing upon him. I pray that you would you'd spare him of what, what some people experience at seminary of just uh, just going through the motions and getting through the work, but not being able to commune with you. And so I pray that you would spare him of, of just the going through the motions kind of thing. And uh, God, God, just help him. I trust that you're going to do that and uh, lead this discussion. And it's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, man, why don't you go and tell us, bring us up to speed, tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and then what it is that you do. Okay. Uh, So I grew up in Carterville, Illinois, uh, right next to where you pastor. Uh, It's a small town in Southern Illinois. I grew up there my entire life, grew up in the church. I wouldn't really say, you know, my family, uh, like they didn't catechize me. They didn't, they raised me in the faith by taking me to church. And I knew that my dad loved the Lord. Um, but there was no sense of family worship. There was no sense of this is a family religion. It was just kind of individual. Um, and so as I was growing up, I, I went to church. I did that thing and I was a Christian. And uh, even my high school friends would have said I was, you know, a man who loved God. But obviously none of them were Christians and knew what it meant to follow Christ. And so going into college, um, started living for the things of this world just at a a greater capacity, I guess you could say, Uh, joined a fraternity uh, and really lived that lifestyle, loved that lifestyle, um, idolized, you know, my um, just place in life, what I was doing, the people I was around. Um, And so as I'm doing these things, I get involved with this campus ministry, uh, campus outreach. These guys are coming into my fraternity house and they're hosting these Bible studies. And very quickly, I'm hearing repentance and faith. I'm hearing you cannot love the things of the world and also love the Father. And as a non-Christian, that didn't rub well with me. And I actually ran away from this ministry for, for two and a half years. Uh, but 
uh, as the Lord softened my heart and ripped idols out of my life, uh, he, he arrested me. And I, I came to know him back in September of 2016. I graduated SEMO uh, in 2019 with a nursing degree and immediately went on staff with Campus Outreach because uh, I saw that the greatest impact I could have for the kingdom of God was to share my faith and make disciples on the college campus. And so started doing that. Um, I absolutely love it. I love hanging out with college students. I love uh, the atmosphere. I love the culture of it. I love the, uh, the moldability of a college student. Um, and so was doing that. Uh, I married my wife in July of 2020. Yeah, July of 2020. Uh, so we've been married just a little over a year now. Uh, have our first daughter. Her name is Remy. She was born back in June of 2021. Uh, she's almost seven months old. And so, yeah, man, we're, uh, we're grinding out here. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Now, you left out a very important thing. You were a uh, kicker for the infamous or the famous Carterville football team, correct? Weren't you a punter or a field goal kicker or uh, something like that? Yeah, I did the kickoffs. Oh, you did the kickoffs. That was, did, that was did, my main thing. And didn't you guys, did you guys go to state that year or something like that? Didn't you have a really uh, good team that year? No, we did have a really good team. We lost in sectionals, I think. Okay. Our, okay. Uh, our star quarterback, Michael Ashman, got injured and then we lost. We lost to Mount Carmel, I think. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So, man, that's neat that you bumped into campus outreach. And mm -hmm. then it's not neat that you ran, but it is neat that now on the backside, you know, after coming to the faith and now being in ministry with campus outreach to have that testimony that, hey, listen, they came to me two years, two years prior. And mm -hmm. it was the offense of the cross. It was the offense of the, the, the message of the gospel that really yeah. turned me the other way. And I actually, I like that. I appreciate that because you know that a ministry is doing the right thing if it's not making people feel a little uncomfortable, you yep. know, and yep. they didn't, they didn't let you feel comfortable in the life that you were living, which is mm -hmm. a very good thing. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so now in the middle of all this also, now you've started seminary in Owensboro and yes. uh, I, th I think it's under Sam Waldron. And what is, uh, mm -hmm. tell, tell us a little bit about the seminary you're part of as well. Give them yeah, a few plugs here. It's Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. Um, it's a great Reformed Baptist seminary. Something I really love about them uh, is that they have a huge emphasis on the local church. Um, you know, they want to make seminary affordable and accessible to anybody, not just the guys who are willing to pack up their families and move to, you know, Louisville. Um, and so it's affordable, it's accessible, and they want you to be able to stay in your local church and be discipled and guided by your own local pastor while you receive your seminary education. So it's very local church oriented. Um, and uh, yeah, the guys there are great. It's actually, it's a very growing seminary. Um, I feel like every, you know, every semester I'm getting an email about how they're hiring a new guy and they're just growing and uh, it's very encouraging. I love it. Uh, and it's also very affordable and accessible. So that's good for me. That's awesome. Well, that school along with uh, Grace Bible down in Arkansas and I think Conway, Arkansas, those two schools, I think, are going to continue to see some growth in light of mm -hmm. what's happening in the larger yep. kind of American scene at, at seminaries. Mm -hmm. For guys at our church that were, you know, thinking about seminary or going to be thinking about seminary, I wouldn't, I mean, I don't know where I would send them other than those two that were just mentioned. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. uh, most of the Southern Baptist seminaries are at least min minimally compromised in some way with some of their staff. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm glad to hear that that's been a good experience for you. 
Yeah. Um, you're in this unique spot because I've talked to a lot of parachurch guys over the years who've been in this ministry, love the collegiate scene like you do, love the modability, as you've described it, of college students and have watched God do a real work there. And mm-hmm. then they they feel almost caught in the middle of this. I'm going to seminary. I feel a call to be an elder, a called man who uh, maybe even regularly preaches. And, and yet I have this effective, really good ministry with this parachurch organization. And it seems like there's some guys that uh, may be listening to this that might be in a similar situation. I just want to ask you, because I am, I mean, I'm curious, we've talked minimally about this before, but how have you, mm-hmm. how have you begun to, you know, begun to nav- navigate that? And how's that been in the process? Have pastors come alongside and helped you? Okay, here's how to think through this. How has that process been for you as now you're in seminary and thinking about, you know, what, what, what could be next or coming down the line? Yeah. Or are you just kind of right in the middle trying to figure it out? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's a tough question. I'd have to say I'm still kind of right in the middle. Um, I'm kind of at the point in my life where I love college ministry. Um, I love the impact that I'm able to make day in and day out. Um, and it's very fast paced, which suits my personality and just the, the way I like to live. Um, as far as pastoral ministry, I feel like I'm still uh, digesting a call. I guess I could say that. Um there is a sense of this inward, you know, desire to preach the gospel. Um, there's a sense of, I want to shepherd the flock of God. I don't know. I don't want to heed that call lightly, I guess. I know we've talked about that. Like, I don't just want to be that guy's like, Oh, I, I want to be a celebrity pastor. I'm going to jump right into it. And all this fame and glory is going to come my way as I post my YouTube videos, you know, right. like I want, I want to really slowly go into something like that. And, and that's part of the reason why I'm only taking, you know, one, one class a semester through the seminaries, because I, I don't want to just, you know, go headfirst into that and, and run uh, straight in there, not, and not actually be called and then leave or damage a church one day, you know? And so that's kind of my wrestling tension right now. Um, I do have older men walking me through. uh, We actually just recently um, have now hired a new pastor at our church. So Lord willing, he will be able to walk through me that as well. Um, I don't know if that really answers your question, but I think no, I'm still does. in it that does. kind of wrestling point. But there is also a sense of like, I love college ministry to the point of, I don't know if I could ever see myself stop unless I'm called to pastoral ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I could do this for the rest of my life. I think, you know, with, with the funding being there, uh, unless the Lord calls me to something like pastoral ministry, because besides the pulpit and besides leading a church, I don't see a greater way that I can impact uh, the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things I appreciate that you're doing is you're modeling building a household to college students. I love mm-hmm. that you and Kenzie began your family quickly. You got married and you have your little baby Remy. And I love that, hoping that God would bless bless you with more along the way. Mm-hmm. But you're, you are modeling building a household, not delaying having children, and some things that I think are really helpful for college students. And I think more and increasingly, you know, we, we live in a world that really, I mean, they rage against things like households and things like mm-hmm. even the word patriarchy or even fatherhood. But I'm yeah. sure you've experienced this or even seen some of this. One of the things that I think one of the primary reasons people rage against that is because they didn't have a dad or they had a dad that was absent. I mean, everybody has a biological dad, but the dad wasn't sure. present or gone. Sure. Um, or they're really jealous because they see people that have a good father and they really, really want that. 
And we, we live in a father hunger, you know, hungry world for sure to mm -hmm. steal off a riff yeah. off of Doug Wilson's book, father hunger. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but let's jump into something I think is important for people to listen. One of the primary reasons why I wanted to have you on here is that there is a tension that everybody lives in with people that have a robust ecclesiology like myself, I've gone through, and I'm not saying I've got a lot of growth with, with ecclesiology, but as I've grown in my understanding of the local church, there's been a parallel frustration with parachurch. And in mm -hmm. our community, we have uh, InterVarsity, and InterVarsity is an absolute joke where we're at. Um, and InterVarsity as a whole has gone down a really progressive route. And from all the woke stuff, just or to just classic liberalism of questioning God's word or really being attracted to just mm -hmm. for lack of a better term, worldly ideas and philosophy and that kind of thing. Yeah, there's just an yeah. eye, on, eye on the world. And then we have Brandon, who is the collegiate ministry director for the BCM here on uh, on campus at SIU. And he is uh, going to be an elder at our church. And he's helped me to think through some of these things. So let, let's talk about campus outreach specifically and how okay. you have wrestled through this, connecting collegiate yeah. ministry with the local church rather than it being a parallel, standalone, you yeah. know, knockoff or kind of like a Dr. K church from mm -hmm. the real thing. So how have you guys worked through that? And yeah. how have you worked to cultivate a love for the local church within your students as you raise up disciples? Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. And I, I appreciate you asking that because it's it's uh, really important and specifically to to our staff team here at CMO. Um, so first, like I don't I don't want to speak organizationally as a whole, but because I don't know all of the the intricacies, but campus outreach would actually not consider itself a parachurch ministry. Um, we would consider ourselves a ministry of the church. Um, and, okay. and the way we operate is uh, campus outreach Memphis, that is the region I'm attached to. Uh, we operate under the local authority and a governing board from Second Presbyterian Church in Memphis. Uh, and so Second Presbyterian Church uh, essentially created Campus Outreach Memphis, and then Campus Outreach Memphis has grown um, into what it is where we're on, I think, nine to 13 campuses. I don't know the exact number. Um, but something vital we do is before we plant at a campus, you know, we we study the campus and it's all, it's really all about the campus, but we make sure that there's a solid uh, local biblical church in the surrounding area. And so, you know, in at SEMO in Cape Girardeau, that was Cape Bible Chapel. And so the way it works is now uh, Second Pres would send the team from Campus Outreach to Cape. Uh, they would partner with Cape Bible Chapel. And the staff here at SEMO, our staff team, are now members of Cape Bible Chapel. So we fall under, which this is kind of where some tension rises, is we fall under two different governing boards. We have the Second Pres Governing Board and its elders and uh, the, the board of directors there. But we also have the elders of our own local church. Uh, and I would argue that, that my commitment is greater to my own local church, my own elders, rather than over here. But there's this tension of, Men, you know, whose doctrine do we obey? Whose theology do we listen to? Whose uh, eldership, I guess, do we really fall under? And so that's where this dilemma can come is, well, as a, as a, a hired staff person, I fall under here. Mm -hmm. But as a Christian in obedience to God, I'm here. Right. Uh, and so it is a, it's a dilemma. It's, there's been some wrestling points some tension points, but uh, I think it's a beautiful thing because I have older, wiser smarter people at, honestly at all stages of my life pouring into me and uh, that I can go to in times of need in times of peril or question uh, and so I think that's the first thing is, is we don't consider ourselves parachurch we consider ourselves a ministry of the church so campus outreach CMO 
uh, is a ministry of Second Presbyterian Church, but we operate as a ministry of Cape Bible Chapel. Awesome. Um, which is really encouraging. And so that being said, um, everything we do, we bring back to the local church. You know, uh, we, we meet once a week on Tuesdays on campus where we, we have our big weekly meeting, we call it 828. And we, you know, we get about 150 college students in the room and we just preach the gospel, but we are very, uh, very, uh, assertive and emphasis that, Hey, this is not a church service. Uh, this does not replace your going to a local church. And so we encourage, hey, come to Cape Bible Chapel. Anytime someone professes faith and they enter our discipleship, one of the first things we're trying to do is, hey, let's let's get you to become a member of Cape Bible Chapel. Let's get you baptized. And so we we just really emphasize specifically with our leaders, like, hey, a love for the local church. And our students specifically in the last three years have really ran with it. And it's their, it's been their involvement in a Friday night Bible study. Uh, with one of our elders. His name is Mike Edmonds, a great guy, great man of God. Um, and it's been a lot of our core students' involvement in that Bible study. That is just, I mean, our local church, uh, I guess, uh, how would I say it? Uh, involvement has like exponentially grown. Like I think awesome. I counted over, over the last year, we had 47 students either become members or baptized at K Bible Chapel. Praise God. And so, yeah, our students have just like fallen in love with the local church. We have students now saying like, hey, I don't want to leave Cape Girardeau because Cape Bible Chapel is here. Like, I just want to work here, be a member of this church and, and bless this community. And so it's it's really been of the Lord. Like we, we've done nothing beside, like we've been doing the same thing. It's just the Lord now really working in our students' hearts. And uh, it's been really cool to see, like we we literally get to see students become members or baptized all the time at a local church. And it's, it's a huge blessing. It's awesome. That's cool. So if I'm a sophomore and I'm coming to you and I'm saying, okay, you, hi, your name's Ian. Okay. Ian, man, I grew up in the church, but the church just, I just don't like the church. I mean, I've been burned so much and you know, I like Jesus, but uh, eh, I'm not going to get connected to a church. So yeah. what would you say to something like that? <laughs> well, I, I could uh, take the Paul washer out and say you're you're doing the work of your father, the devil. You don't <laughs> love the church and you claim to love Jesus, but I probably wouldn't do that. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think just we we try to try to emphasize, you know, there is no separation. Uh, to be a Christian means to be a part of the church. Uh, mm-hmm. You, if you are a professing Christian, if you're actually born again, like you're a part of the church, whether you like it or not. Uh, and so, you know. I would just try and slowly walk him through like there is no uh, discrepancy. And just because mm-hmm. the bride has hurt you doesn't mean she's any less beautiful yeah. and that you, you really need and have to be, I would say a part of a local church if you're going to finish the race. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Let me just ask you a personal question then like for you personally okay. for like classic parachurch ministries who would say we are a parachurch ministry. What dangers do you see of that uh, kind of a ministry as opposed yeah. to what you guys are doing with campus outreach. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't, I don't have a ton of experience in the field. I'm, I'm only in my third year on staff um, and, you know, six years in the faith. So I'm not, not that wise at all, but I would say the, the biggest thing I could say is just, there's no authority in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, as long, if you are not a member of the church, your ministry is under no authority. And so essentially you can go off the rails and no one could question you. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that would be, I think that'd be the number one. And really the thing that stands out most to me is, is you have to have an authority. And if you're not a ministry of the church, then what's the point of your ministry? Like you're yeah. not, you're not taking it back to the church, which is 
God's plan to redeem the world, you know? Yeah. Amen. Well, I mean, I think that would probably be one of the primary reasons we've seen so many Mm-hmm. church ministries, like I said before, just completely go off the rails, you know, yeah. and InterVarsity is just, I mean, our local chapter here, the, uh, the guy that runs it, honestly, uh, he's like profanity laced internet comments and things that are just completely intolerable that make you scratch yeah. your head and wonder what in the world is happening. And then, yeah. you know, you see these other parachurch ministries that are completely, you know, that have completely lost their mind, completely stepped into wokeism or progressivism. So how do you guys, you know, and maybe it is that authority structure that's over you. How do you as campus outreach, how do you avoid, you know, 2022 going into 2022? I think the pressure is going to be more and more and more. How do you avoid in 2025 being a campus outreach that you no longer recognize that Mm -hmm. has sold out to, you know, wokeism and all that kind of stuff. How do you guys avoid just becoming another, you know, run of the mill, former conservative, formal faithful, faithful ministry that lost its way? Yeah. Um, well, number one, by the grace of God, uh, you know, we, we have to be completely dependent upon him. Uh, I, be, I really believe, you know, when Paul says in first Corinthians that the spirit has uh, imparted uh, wisdom to us and revealed to us that Holy spirit illumination you see is like, I, I could know nothing of the word if the, if the Lord does not reveal it. And so, Number one is the grace of God, but specifically here at SEMO, man, it's just an allegiance to God's word and an allegiance to Christ, you know, standing upon the word of God saying, we will not falter. We will not waver. I don't care if you disagree with me, but I believe this is the self revealed will of God and it is his word. It is final and we will not budge. And I think that's the only way you can, You, 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 you trust the grace of God. You don't budge from the word of God and you lean upon the church of God. Yeah. Amen. Dude, that's so good. And I think it's a a real encouragement to everybody that's listening, especially, you know, there is no ministry, no church that's immune from hearing Mm -hmm. that temptation from the enemy or from our own sinful and dwelling sin that's still remaining in our hearts where the flesh rises up and agrees with the enemy, where we hear that temptation. Did God really say the question is always Mm -hmm. there and it's coming from the world. It's coming from those that are deconstructing right now in the faith that, are turning to God's word and saying, you know, really, is that, is that really what it means? Because this is Mm -hmm. somewhat abrasive to the people that I really care about. And for some reason, I feel more compassionate than God about these people. Maybe God's word isn't, isn't all that I thought it was. And, uh, you know, after all, if it was God's word, would it really be harmful and hurtful to people? And really, and all these questions begin to dust up. It's like, there's this dust up of, of the deconstructionists and it's all the exact same tactic of the enemy and it's getting people to question God's word, man. I absolutely love Mm -hmm. your response because that is the key. If -hmm. campus outreach, if local ministries and chapters of campus outreach are continuing like the one in SEMO and other organizations around uh, or chapters around, if they're saying this is what the word of God says, and we want to be faithful to God's word, then by God's grace in 2025, 2030, you know, you guys are on track. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. It's the only way. So if people are liking what they're hearing and they're thinking, man, I want to know more about campus outreach or if they're in a town. And I mean, these are questions that I've had. um, You know, we do collegiate ministry, like I said, with Brandon and uh, through the BCM. But if people find themselves at a collegiate city and they're like, man, I I would like to have at least more information about campus outreach. So tell us, where where do we go to find out more about what you're doing and what the ministry is doing? Yeah, the uh, uh, the best place would be just our website. Uh, I think it's comemphis.org or dot com. Um, and I mean, really we, 
we're uh we're a pretty low-key ministry um we don't like up like i don't you probably find things on that website that haven't been updated uh uh we we don't you know really broadcast what we're doing a whole lot um but you know, if, if you want to know personally, like what I'm doing, like I have an email update I send out at the end of every month that would tell you about Campus Outreach. Like if you're talking like interest of a Campus Outreach coming to you, um, you know, I could give you my boss's number and, and you can call him. Uh, it, he's uh, His name's Denny, Denny Catalano, great guy, man of God, loves the Lord, loves his people. Um, and you could call him or email him and, and he would be happy to talk to you. Um, but there's not a whole lot of like, uh, what's Camp Savage up to? Let me go check out this blog or website. You know, we're we're pretty low key. Yeah, gotcha. Well, low key, but God is doing some really great things, and uh, you know, we've loved hearing about that, and uh, it's just pretty cool. We're actually getting to hear you preach here for us here, and I think it's uh, yep. what is it, two or three weeks? That's coming up. It's the thirtieth yep. now, so let's see. Two weeks, I think. Yeah, two, two weeks. Sundays. Yeah, two Sundays from now. So we're yep. pretty excited, and actually, that Sunday, I'm going to be making an announcement because. MacArthur did a call a couple of days ago, uh, and it is basically a stand in solidarity with the churches in Canada. Pastor James Coates and oh, wow. uh, Dr. Joe Boot are calling everybody to preach a sermon on uh, biblical sexuality and, and biblical marriage in light of Canada's C Bill C four that just went through. There was just oh, gosh, a, yeah, and it was ba- it's it's crazy, dude. It's it's outlawing any sort of sermons on biblical sexuality. It's outlawing what they're calling conversion wow. therapy, but everything under conversion therapy includes just the biblical teaching on manhood. Sure, of course, and of course so it does. <laughs> you can right. I know you can counsel people uh, to to change and like down to like four years old. You can counsel people to do a sex change, but you can't even by a consenting adult counsel people away from those thoughts or away from sinful thoughts of any sort of sinful you know, yeah. or sort of sexuality. You can't even do that in any way without facing five years in prison. It's insane. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So they're preaching in January the 6th. So I'm going to be making a comment on that and then you'll be preaching yeah. on whatever, but I'll be making a comment before you preach about that just okay. to stand with our, our brothers up North, but uh, yeah. okay. Pray for them. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But I ask everybody at the end of the uh, end of the interview, I ask everybody the exact same question and I make it as simple as possible for you to turn and you do such a great job of this, but turn the attention to the grace of God. And, and so I just ask you, you know, Ian, why do you love Jesus the way you love Jesus? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, the only answer is that the Lord has changed my heart. Um, the Lord has given me the ability and the desire to, to know him and love him. And uh, apart from the grace of God, apart from the spirit uh, doing that work of regeneration, you know, I'd just still be dead in my sin. Uh, and still living for the things of this world. And so um, by his grace, by his sovereign uh, plan, uh, he has changed my heart, uh, grown my affections, continuing to grow my affections, um, and really uh, grown my my desire to obey. And that, you know, I love the connection of as you obey, your affections grow, and it's it's actually a command to, to have, find joy in the Lord. And so as you obey and finding joy, you're affections grow. And so, yeah, yeah, I love the Lord because he saved me, what he's done for me. That's the only reason I can say who he is and what he's done. He's pretty great, isn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Don't deserve it. That's for sure, man. Yeah. But he's sinful. I'm as sinful as I'll get out. And yet he's faithful, you know, um, a nudge of encouragement to you and the other households that are being built in and around you. Have you, have you read or heard of C.R. Wiley? No. Okay. For my listeners, I've, I've got to interview him a couple of times. Get man of the house, 
and then the book man of the house by cr wiley and then watch out because your life's about to change and <laughs> okay. okay so good um All right but uh guys thanks so much for listening again we've been talking to in tech Darris, and he works at semo southeast missouri state university with campus outreach in connection mm-hmm. with cape bible chapel and uh, guys thanks so much for listening and thanks so much for coming yep. on the show thanks for having me